0: Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking you're bunking? Garrett, the script! Okay, here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome in everybody to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting You're Targeting. It is December the nineteenth. We are. what we're six days away from Santa, Santa Claus, Tom.
1: Oh, we are. That's right. I I've been so caught up in uh, football that I forgot that uh, the rest of the world is doing other things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm watching. I've got I always turn on the television and uh, and get Monday Night Football going just for a little. To, to act like we're interested in sports here. And I saw there at Green Bay, and a dude had on like a, a cheese head with icicles hanging from it. And have you checked the weather for our general area this coming week?
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to be brutally cold. <laughs> Red Bay's low a matter- Friday
0: morning is three.
1: <clears throat> yeah, as a matter of fact, Deb's uh, uh, dad lives in Wyoming. And uh, – she had sent me a a text today I'm pulling it up now so I can make sure that I'm telling you correctly but uh, she sent me a text today <clears throat> of some uh, warnings over in Wyoming as it comes through the area something about oh yeah here, okay here it is uh, so for the next three days over there they are calling for dangerous and life-threatening wind chills <laughs> of 50 to 65 below.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is, I that mean, is that's, crazy.
1: That's unbelievable. Uh, that, that's crazy. I mean, they're, they're putting out, you know, uh, public warnings and such for, for that sort of thing, which, I mean, obviously you need to do when you're you're facing those kind of conditions. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I would, uh, we got a, at my place of business, we have, you know, we have a, a workforce of about 16 and we've, everybody's got their little, their little niche. I mean, we can make a television program, you know, we've got the guy who's the weatherman. I mean, he is 50, his name's Greg, and he's a great employee as far as Hi, knowledge. You now, he doesn't listen to podcasts, but, but some other people do. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. He's probably the most knowledgeable about everything at the store. Uh, but he's he's like a 75-year-old man. He keeps up with the weather, like, religiously. and he, he was doing the research today. You know, when the windshield gets to, like, 20 below or whatever, which I think that's what Red Bay is going to be, you know, at three degrees actual temperature in a 20-mile-an-hour north wind, it's, it's going to get pretty low. I think it's 30 minutes before you get frostbite. And then – I think if it drops another just like 15, 20 degrees, it cuts the time in half. So be safe out there, our Wyoming listeners.
1: So, this is not the weekend to do the polar plunge.
0: No, I do want to do that. Hey, any listener, do you want to do that one year? Please say I just yes. Just could
1: do it in my pool right now. No,
0: bro, we got to go somewhere that's like where they actually do it. But uh, if any listener wants to do the polar plunge with us, it won't be this year. I'm not planned for it. But at Targeting, not uh, hit us up and we'll put you on the list. So a very exclusive list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough chit chat. Let's get into somewhat something that resembles sports. I know Ezel right now is typing furiously on his iPhone about guys. You're a freaking sports podcast. Let's get with it. So let's get with it. <laughs>
1: well he's gonna have to wait at least uh at least 10 more seconds because uh congratulations are in order my friend uh those of you that may or may not know jt got engaged this weekend
0: i did i appreciate the it warms
1: my heart my friend warms my heart long overdue well thank you tom heartfelt congratulations for sure um I know before we get into previewing the playoff games, we we had talked about earlier this week about how we were going to sort of do our podcast leading up into the playoffs and and into Bama's uh, game uh, that that is on New Year's Eve as well. So I guess what we decided was that we're we're doing this podcast here on, on Monday the 19th. And we will uh, do another podcast on Monday, the 26th. And that's when we'll break down the Bama game. So tonight we'll do the playoff games. But also, we are two days before signing day. So December the 21st is early signing day period, which they need to just quit calling it early yeah. signing day period because it's it's the signing day. Um, <clears throat> that's when... The majority of the players are going to sign on the line. Uh, it's it wouldn't surprise me if our class is complete uh, Wednesday. Just you know, we don't take anybody else unless it's a transfer or portal guy or something like that. But so that's that steamrolling around the corner, and, and of course we're in good position. But it got me thinking a little bit about how 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 recruiting and getting players on campus and keeping players and that sort of thing has changed with the NIL and and the portal out there. And I'm going to ask you one question. I have some things that I want to uh, talk about here, particularly regarding the NIL. But if you had... If you could get one thing to go your way, if you could either remove... The, the portal rules and what I mean by that, I mean put it back to where it was before we had to set out a year or remove Nil, which one do you think would be more beneficial to college football?
0: Uh, I would say portal I, I well, t- that's a tough one that I really would need to think on, but just gut reaction when I when you started talking and I saw the the two options I was about to have, selfishly, the portal. I hate the portal. Uh, I, do, I mean, I think it's good that players can move around a little bit easier, but it's gotten now to where they just – they'll jump in the portal. And like, I think Bama and Georgia and Ohio State, Texas, you know, your, your true blue bloods, I think they can tell a guy, hey, you jump in the portal, you're done here. You know, don't, don't bother trying to come back to the team. I don't know that we do that. I don't know that any team does that. But – like Iowa, uh, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, they're just they're at the mercy of their good players jumping in the portal, seeing what's out there for NIL, and then if they don't like it, they'll just come back to the team. That's such a bad way to conduct business. So I think if you got rid of the portal uh, – so that was a rumor last week, though, on, a, on one of the chit-chat boards, that the portal was going to be only open to juniors and seniors. And I, I think that would be good – I don't think it's right. Like you see Texas A&M's class from last year that cost X amount of million dollars and they've got 26 kids in the portal. Now, of course, not all were the signing class of 2022. But, I mean, how do you feel like if, if, if your business turned a, a major profit and you you know, you know kind of talk to your, your business partners and, and whoever you answer to, and you're like, you know, I, I think we can afford $100,000 uh, to a player. And he, you know he can rip our company. Of course, it's going to be just a, you know a handshake wink agreement as far as yeah yeah we, we just need you to show up to the company picnic or whatever. You're you're paying him to play football at Alabama. You know let's let's get that out of the way. I think we all know that. And so you give one hundred thousand dollars to Drew Sanders, and then he goes to Arkansas. How pissed are you going to be? You know.
1: Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of that, and I think. I think ultimately, and I was going to talk about that a little bit. Ultimately, they'll they'll become a balance of how these nil deals are are made, structured, and and also the worth, you know, the actual value of them. Right now, folks are just throwing money at these deals with no real basis of, you know, rate of return. I mean, that's what it's all about, and and you you want the ROI uh, to 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 be what you envision it to be, but you have no idea in the early stages of this thing uh, as to how how much it actually takes to get there. But I'll get back back to that in a second. Um, I agree with you 100%. Portal, to me, is, you know, really putting a dent in college football as we know it. I think players have value. I don't have... Uh, a thing in the world against them creating value for themselves. I mean, you know, if another student on campus was going to uh, create something and make money off of it, he's, he's certainly entitled to do that. I don't know why it would be different for a student athlete. And I think they've corrected that problem. But the portal just raises so many bad bad scenarios you know Like we talked about last week about coaches taking other jobs and then gutting a roster and bringing them with them you know and and you you've got dion bringing the the number one recruit how how important was that number one recruit in the country to jackson state you know i mean those guys just were were in love with this guy and it's it was a big feather in their cap to get him on campus and get him playing and that sort of thing and and one year coach is gone and players leaving with him yeah and so it's you know there's there's going to be some bad feelings there i i kind of feel like <clears throat> it wouldn't be over the line to go back to the old model or something very similar to it because it's contracts you, you know you you're 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 talking about paying players, but NFL does it every day. Those players just can't up and go play for Kansas City if they don't like it at Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the way it works. Uh, so I, I think from that perspective, I, the portal needs a lot more work than the NIL. I think the NIL will kind of self-level itself, but uh, – one of the things I started looking at, and I, I tried to find more information than I could, was on these collectives.
0: Have you have you
1: looked into those at all? Do you do you, do you know much about them?
0: I, I don't. Um, I mean, a collective. I no, I don't. I, I know how. I think I know how Bama uses ours. Um, that we pay everybody equally. Then whatever they get on their own uh, is, is theirs to keep. Like Bryce Young obviously makes more than Neil and Hibbert, but I, I, other than that, I don't know. If you've done a lot of research, I'd like you to drop that knowledge on me, sir.
1: Well, I've I've done as much research as I could in a short amount of time with the limited resources I have. But what I've discovered is that collectives exist not only at Alabama but in other places with a, w- without any guidelines set up by NCAA schools or whatnot. And and technically collectives are supposed to be separate from the school itself um you know because schools universities particularly uh, public universities like alabama are not allowed to pay the players you you know they're they're not allowed to do that They're, they're they're allowed to help players navigate some of those processes but but there's there's supposed to be sort of a clear um a clear separation between uh, the, the entity that is a collective and the university and so with that being said there's more than one collective for Alabama multiple collectives and I don't know exactly how many of those may be and they are free to operate however they say see fit because you know that's just they've they've created that entity and if you're a booster or a uh, you know it's hard to call somebody a booster that's what they are but if they're contributing ten dollars a month to a collective let's say because that's a lot of them are structured that way to take small donations from large amounts of people and just have a a monthly contribution per se and you you want them to be transparent because you don't want them taking 50% off the top for quote-unquote administrative expenses. Um, you know, you want them to be transparent on how that money is spent. Now, like Saban had mentioned, the university or, and or the team, however they do that, has a direct relationship with with a collective. I think... And I'm not entirely sure because I couldn't get this uh, information out. I think it's the High Tide Traditions uh, Collective. I think there's also a Tuscaloosa NIL Club. I know that's another one. And I think that <clears throat> High Tide Traditions is the most popular collective there is. And I think that's the one where you know they they have gotten, I guess, uh, an agreement together where they they pay the same to every player on the team. Now, that that's all not public knowledge or, or public records or whatnot, so it's hard to tell that if that exactly works that way. But Saban has alluded to that. But some of these NILs, outside of that one, even for our university or others, some of them don't actually contribute money to entire teams. Rather, players actually join those particular collectives, like they will solicit players to be part of their collective. And as part of their collective, they will market those players to the people that are contributing it to, you know, to to that money, you know, they'll they'll have autograph sessions or interviews or or, you know, for high donors for businesses, you know, they may get some marketing out of it. And so that those types of collectives won't actually have every player on the team getting money from them. It would just only be the select ones that they've invited and actually accepted to join the collective. So I thought that was interesting. And and you can see where this goes. If if some collectives are very selective, then it's it's absolutely unbalanced in the program. And I think you have seen some of that or heard some of those rumors flying around in different places about the imbalance in the locker room and that sort of thing. And I know Saban's worried about that, and that's why he's he's trying to create some kind of equality in the locker room to overcome that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, Ryan Day with Ohio State, hey, a couple months ago, I think, they were asking him about Recruiting and, and rosters in NIL and all, and he mentioned that he thought it would take about $13 million a year to keep their rosters intact. I think that's the terminology <laughs> mm-hmm. he used. So, so basically, not necessarily even trying to get premier players or whatever, just for a whole entire roster, a competitive roster is what he's saying. He's estimating it's going to take $13 million a year. To do. Now, the collectives at Alabama, even at Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M's collective, based on Texas state laws, had to disclose uh, what they brought in last year and distributed. And this is, I guess, their most popular one, too. And it was about $4 million. And so they didn't share how that was distributed but I i guess the point being is I think these collectives are getting players in the door but that is not their main sources of income Yeah, these players are picking up sponsorship deals marketing deals that sort of thing outside of these guys to make the really big money and I'm just talking about mainly the premier players your Bryce Young's your Will Anderson's um, you know, even Kool Aid McKinstry, he, he has the uh, deal with Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so I mean, I think there's there's some stuff there, but you know, it's just, yeah, um, it, it's just it's it's sort of the wild wild west how all these things are operating, and it's hard to nail them down. Um, I read an article in Athletic here just maybe a week or so ago. They were claiming there's a 2023 recruit that is demanding or actually not only demanding but getting eight million dollars to sign with a school one
0: one recruit eight million yeah it's i'm a i'm Um, a Leva from uh california signing with tennessee
1: is is that is that who that
0: is i'm quite sure it is yeah i've always i've heard eight million for him and he's you know he's already on campus and Somehow he can play the bowl game. Is uh, if I read that right, I don't. I didn't know that was possible, but yeah, he was doing. He was. Of course, you can practice. We've got some. We've got some kids joining Bama's team uh, tomorrow or Wednesday to start bowl practice, but they can't play. I don't know what the loophole is for him to play, and I don't think ours can play. That's always. It. Now it used to be the running joke on the the message boards because some idiot would be like. How hey, you think? Uh, you think so and so recruit could help us in the national title game? Or <laughs> like they can't play? <laughs> but apparently, uh, I believe it can play. I think that's how he pronounces name. Huh. That's interesting. So I, I don't know. Well, I don't you know, know if first Ken or not.
1: I was thinking of a couple of sort of underhanded things that could come out of this. They were interviewing uh, Matt Brown, I think today or yesterday, and he was suggesting. You know, several schools that were reaching out to uh, your personal favorite, Drake May, trying to get him in the portal uh, to, to try to recruit him to other universities. And, of course, that technically is illegal by the NCAA that you cannot recruit a player who's not actively in the portal. But does that mean high tide traditions who has no university affiliation can't go Talking to Drake May? You know, I mean, that's... I think that's where you're getting outside the lines and outside the enforceable rules by the NCAA. I mean, that's a independent entity that's simply reaching out to a young man and offering him money is basically what it amounts to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can... Can you? And here, here's one that occurred to me this afternoon that that I think could be really interesting, really interesting. Let's say, you know, in years past, all this time, everybody's going, well, you know, hey, we got twenty five, you know scholarships available for recruiting cycle you know i'm thinking we're going to fill them all if we have one guy leave you know we might pick up an extra scholarship player or or what if the guys in the portals you know is opening up a few positions so now that that number is ballooned and and sometimes it's you don't know exactly what that number is because you do have guys that may or may not go in the portal after signing day or what you know whatever those time frames are but with the new NIL collectives and the deals that these players can be made, why do you even need them on scholarship?
0: No. True. You know? Yeah.
1: Hey, 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 guy, I know you're a five star player, but we're absolutely full, but we want you. But, huh, you know, with the $5 million deal we're fixing off for you, you'll just have to actually cut a check for your own uh, tuition. Yeah. And yeah. you'll be technically a walk on. Uh, what what's what's the problem with that? You well, know, I mean, scholarships was some, are going.
0: There over. were some rules. There there are rules in place that limit that because if you're being recruited, uh, you couldn't you couldn't do that. You couldn't just walk. Oh, like if uh, I'm trying to think of of um, like if Elon Musk had a kid, obviously Elon could pay anywhere in the country, and um, he's like, hey, my you know, and, and Elon's kid's a five star quarterback. And he's like, well, I'm just going to pay his way. For... There There's some loophole that was closed that you couldn't do that. But now, I don't know. Maybe you could.
1: Right. I think what you're going to find is these deals that are being structured from this point forward. And Texas A&M probably learned a lot of lessons last year with all the money they threw out there. I think you're probably going to start finding escalating um, deals. You know, hey, we're going to pay you. 200,000 the first year, but as long as you don't get in the portal your second year, you that's going to jump to 400 and then it's going to go to 800 or or whatever it is, incentives to keep you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you'll probably start seeing a lot less opt outs in bowl games, you know, if you have. Sort of bonuses for the players. Hey, you know, yeah, you can opt out, but if you play in this bowl game, it's worth an extra twenty-five thousand bucks or, or whatever it is. It'll yeah, be more yeah. incentivized, kind of like the NFL does. Maybe there will be because collectives can do anything, you know. Hey, 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 bud, if you come in here and have an eight hundred yard receiving year, we're going to give you a bonus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what whatever it is, I think I think the I think the door is wide open. And eventually it'll find it sort of medium like I'm talking about because who knows whether it's worth it to, to spend all this money, particularly if you don't get a return. I mean, the, the Texas A&M boosters have to be absolutely livid. Yeah. If they yeah. literally spent the money they did last year and now they have 26 players, that's what the number I heard, 26 players in the portal and a lot of that class in there. That was just an absolute burning of cash they didn't even make a bowl this year
0: No, i mean that's 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 crazy
1: yeah the only bad sign so far for alabama and, and this is pure speculation if uh if we're spending a lot of money on collectives nil whatever the case may be is that money being taken away from other things most specifically a new basketball arena you know that thing's been on the books for a while, as far as uh, design and looking for location and that sort of thing. But I don't know whether or not the actual funding of that project will be affected when people would rather funnel their booster money specifically to pick up players rather than improve facilities.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know Alabama's not the richest state. And we we don't have the richest alumni, so I'm I'm sure that some people that used to donate to cause A is is now donating to the collective to get players. You know what what if I had the money to do it, what do you think I would do? Um, I, uh, I'm not charging, you're charging, or I'm not targeting, you're targeting. Where would my money go? <laughs> we, we all know. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't, I've, I've don't said think it a number of a times. If question. I won. Mega, mega millions, which we're going to play tomorrow, Tom, it's up to 400, over 400 million. So, you know, we don't play unless it gets I'm feeling good about it. You know, if I won $250, $300 million uh, after taxes, you know, I, I would go to Coach Saban I would say, Coach, I don't have to have sideline passes. I don't have to have practice passes. I'm not going to be in your business. Yeah, I'd like to get on the sideline maybe once a year, and I, I'll, I'll go through the proper channels to get a box but I want you to tell me, I want you to give me a dollar amount. What is it gonna cost for us to never lose to Auburn again? Like that's that's, all, <laughs> that's the only access I want. I don't want to ever lose to Auburn mm. again. Now, you know, what do you need? Tell me what you need and, and it's yours, <laughs> within reason of course. So uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I hate, I hate the NIL, I hate the portal. I think the portal could easily be remedied if they say, hey, you get your first transfer, is free no questions asked if you want to sign because right now you can sign with alabama wednesday and then let's say coach saban's like you know what uh friday he says you know what guys i'm done Uh, i wanted to get this class in here so alabama could have some continuity but i'm I'm hanging the whistle up all those players can jump in the portal and they can just go (laughs) wherever and play next year like that's just that's crazy talk to me have the portal to where you get one transfer free of charge, every other transfer costs you a year, like it used to, and I think that will cut down on a lot.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I thought that's the way it already was. Is it uh, not that way?
0: I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I th- if I thought it you is, got
1: one free one, and then it was then you had to pay. But but the free one is detrimental. I mean, most players don't want to, and and I think. I think this – I should have looked at this before we started discussing. I think you get one free of charge and then anything after that has to be justifiable. So you could get multiples, but it has to be extenuating circumstances on, on the second one for you not to have to sit out a year.
0: Well, at least I that's mean, the way I thought we'll it We'll see. JT Daniels transferred from USC to Georgia, played at Georgia last year, transferred to West Virginia this year, played at West Virginia this year, and is it back in the portal.
1: Well, that's true. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's pretty that, – that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's very reasonable to think that. <laughs>
0: well, uh, yeah, and I don't think any of us are overly happy with the portal or NIL, but, you know, the players have the power. And uh, thank you, Ed O'Bannon, for wrecking what was a great, uh, you know, great game of college football. And it's still – I mean, it's – you know, we're fine right now with Saban, but we might not always be fine because, like I said, we're not the richest state. And we make the wrong hire, then all of a sudden we're not uh, a desired destination for portal kids. So, you know, I, I enjoy it while we can. And we'll talk more about the recruits that are leaving and the ones that are coming in on our next podcast because signing day, like you said, it, it's called early signing day. They need to just rename this signing day, and then if you sign in February, it's late the late signing period. Because, I mean, how 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 attention hungry do you have to be to not sign on to be a top three hundred recruit and not sign on Wednesday? Like you got to be very yeah, narcissistic. Mean, yeah,
1: for real. And I, I kind of feel like it's kind of hard not to say that they're currently not narcissistic the way they. Yeah, everybody needs a, a press conference <laughs> to say what school they're going to, but which now I let's let's say this: it, it's more important now that they do the press conference just for NIL money. I mean, it could, the the more your name is out there, the more valuable you'll be. So now I don't really begrudge them, but they've been doing that for ten years when it meant nothing. Yeah.
0: So, and, you know, like like somebody pointed out on the – I think you're going to see a lot less disrespect. You know how they used to pick up a cap and they'd throw it, you know, throw it down and or whatever. I think you're going to see a lot less disrespect. You know, if you've got Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia caps on the table, I think you're just going to pick one up and put it on because, who knows, you might be at one of the other two schools the following year because you don't like your situation and you jumped in the portal and, you know, Bama wanted you or Tennessee wanted you. So – maybe it's making them a little bit more humble in their college selections, but that's probably the only place that's making them humble.
1: Yeah, probably. Well, let's let's actually talk about some football, what you think. Yeah, let's
0: do that. All right, so like Tom said, I mean, I got to thinking, you know, I guess late last week that, man, we've got – I'm going out of town, and then about the day I get back, Tom's going out of town the next day. So I'm like, well, I guess we need to cover uh, the the Sugar Bowl and the playoff games we always do. So um, we've got two more podcasts before we wrap up the end of the year, and uh, which we'll have another one after the national. Nash- we'll have one after the Sugar Bowl and after the national title game. It might be one. It might be two before we get into. I'm not charging. You're charging. Oh, oh did I say? I said the silent part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna do the the semifinals. Tonight, and uh, we'll start with the Peach Bowl, the Georgia versus Ohio State. And, man, this is evenly matched. I had to, like I told Tom off the air, you know, the Michigan and TCU game, I don't know enough about either team. I didn't watch TCU at all until the last weekend. I knew Michigan was kind of rolling against some some mediocre teams. They were a really good second-half team. And that's where they, because a lot of times, they'd be 17-10 at half or, you know, 21-20 to 20 at half. And then the game would end. they you know, they covered the spread. So Michigan is a good ball club. I just didn't watch them enough to know. I watched Georgia a pretty good bit, and then I watched Ohio State. Probably any team that's not in the SEC would be Ohio State would be my most watched. them or I guess Clemson. But I was looking at the stats, like uh, Ohio State's number six on offense and uh, Georgia's number seven on offense. Defensively, Georgia's number eight overall, and Ohio State is number 12. So, uh, I think those numbers, that's the numbers I came up with. So, it's, it's going to be an even match. Uh, you know, you got two good quarterbacks. You know, Stetson Bennett really grew into the quarterback position. You remember, he played against Bama in 2020, the COVID year, at Tuscaloosa. Had the lead at half. And then we made him look silly. You know, I think he threw a pick or two against us in Tuscaloosa. And then, of course, Florida made the SEC championship game that year, so we didn't play him again. So, then last year he makes the ACC championship game again, we pick him off twice, once for a pick six, and he just looked really mediocre. But after the national title game, man, he grew with confidence, and and that's what we've talked about after when the playoff teams were announced. Is you know, if you're Georgia, you got to be furious because I think there's really only one team that can beat Georgia, maybe two. I mean, the Michigan would have an outside shot, I guess, but there's one team that could realistically beat Georgia and they got to play them in the semifinals and and because the committee didn't have the guts to do the right thing and put TCU at 4 so the a lot of the a lot of the scoring offense scoring defense they match up pretty evenly but I I tell you what I'm going to go with Ohio State in this game um, I think C.J. Stroud has that four-touchdown game in him. you got Marvin Harrison, Jr., you got Ibuka, Ibuka. I can't really know how to pronounce his name. I just really think every time that a team is being touted as one of the best ever, it happened to Bama in, um, in 2018. I mean, I really feel like if we'd have beat Clemson in Santa Clara, that we would have been considered the best team ever. Uh, up there with the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, and I I think our 2020 team is should be mentioned with the 20 2001 Hurricanes and the 2019 LSU Tigers, but 2020 was the COVID year, and a lot of people dismissed that. Even though the the SEC we played ten ball games and we played ten conference games, and one of them all a lot of them were not in any any cl- close at all. I think the SEC championship game was what six points. And that was with less than 10 seconds left that Florida had an onside kick. Basically, they had to get the onside kick, the Hail Mary, to beat us. And, of course, it didn't happen. So, I just think that, that the pressure is going to get to Georgia. And I think Ohio State feels – that they, they know they got lucky to get in this game after the egg they laid at home versus Michigan. Defensively, JTT, the defensive end for Ohio State – I look for him to have a big game. I know Brock Bowers is tough. I know, uh, what is it, Washington, the tall tight end, they've got number zero. That's a kid who's probably most improved in my opinion. He was just kind of a big guy, used him at blocking last year. He did catch a touchdown against us in the, the ACC championship game, but he was not a an integral part of the passing attack, and he is this year, and he's like 6'7", 270, 280, whatever. I mean, he's a nightmare of a matchup, but I think that Ohio State does enough. Uh, I look for them to maybe get that crucial turnover. they got to win the turnover battle, and they've got to sack Stetson a couple of times, more so than C.J. Stroud gets sacked. But I'm going to go with Ohio State to win this one in a close one.
1: Yeah, you, you said a lot there. Reminded me of Forrest Gump. Um, <laughs> so, I have harped on – Georgia's lack of playing defensive teams all year. And now that we have a complete season of games played and stats recorded, I was able to kind of go in there and kind of delve into it a little bit. So Georgia, who is currently the eighth best defense in the country. They have played two defenses in the top 30. Number 18 Kentucky, who they beat 16 to 6, and number 30 Missouri, who they beat 26 to 22. Those are their two lowest out- offensive outputs of the season. You know, they, they were losing that Missouri game all the way up until the last minute of the game. Bennett in the Missouri game was 24 of 43 passing with no touchdowns, no interceptions. He did have 312 yards, but he threw it 43 times. And Kentucky, it was sort of the opposite. He was 13 for 19 passing, but he only had 116 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. So he's thrown no touchdown passes against the only two teams that he's played that are in the top 30 in defense and they end those two games, they've basically averaged 20 points of offensive output. They, you're not going to beat Ohio State with 20 points of offense. I don't that, think That's so. not going to happen. Um, Ohio State checks in as the number 12 defense in the country. So, statistically, this will be the toughest defense they've played all year. By far. And when you look at Ohio State and the teams they've played, because one of the things that you're you're hanging your hat on if you're Georgia is that our defense is so tough that we can pretty much shut down anybody. I mean, that's what they're going to hang their hat on. So Ohio State, over the course of this season, has played... One, two, three, four, five teams currently in the top twenty-two of total defense: Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State, Notre Dame. The, all all five of those teams are all in the top twenty-two. And of course, they did lose to Michigan in that game. That 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 was a one-score game with six minutes to go, and, and you know got away from them late. But uh, that that was their loss. Uh, when they played the 4th team in the country in total defense they beat them 54 to 10 when they played the 13th team in total defense they beat them 52 to 21 when they played the number 16th team in defense on the road they beat them 44 to 31 and when they played the 22nd ranked total defensive team they beat them 21 to 10 so Ohio State has seen some defensive teams, and I know that it's hard to compare defenses or offenses statistics across conferences because not everybody plays the same teams. But Georgia's schedule was is pretty weak this year, particularly defense, I've just named it. I mean, the best team they've played all season – is is tennessee right and then they they handled tennessee i'll I'll give them a credit for that um as a matter of fact that's kind of where they have a little bit of an edge and what i mean by that is if they're going to win this game in my opinion Georgia's not going to win it on the defensive side of the ball I mean, they're going to have to play hard-nosed defense like they always have. They're going to have to find ways to score against Ohio State. Bennett is going to have to have a heck of a game. Now, this this is where they might have a little bit of an edge. You know, Georgia's played two teams uh, this year. That were high octane pass offenses. Number three, Tennessee. Number eleven, Mississippi State. And their defense did enough there. And Bennett, you know, Bennett had good games against those those guys. Ohio State's has not played but one team in the top fifty of total pass offense. That was number forty-eight, Penn State. That was the that was the best team they've played that threw the ball. So the Big Ten was a a lot of running and playing defense teams up there. So they may be vulnerable to the pass. I mean, they have a a pretty good pass efficiency defense rating, decent at least. But they just hadn't played many teams that threw the ball. The two, the couple of teams that, that threw the ball around in the Big uh, Ten this year, Purdue was one of them, and there was one other one. might have been Minnesota. Ohio State avoided both of them. Didn't have to play them. And so, <clears throat> you know, that's to me that's going to be the key to this game. Can Bennett and that Georgia offense score? I mean, they're going to have to score – I'm going to say they're going to have to put up 35 to win this game. And they're going to have to do it against the best defense they've seen all year. And they're going to have to do it with half the stadium. Ohio State, because they, they are a home game there, but Ohio State travels, as we well know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not sending part of their tickets back in hopes that they will be in the championship <laughs> game. They, they will be in full force there. That is, Ohio State, as a matter of fact, them and Notre Dame are probably one, two, and, and the most alumnus, I mean, just based on the size of their schools. So... This, this is a very interesting game, and I was surprised you went with Ohio State because that will that will put both of us on the same side of this game. I really think, and I've, I've been saying this for weeks, that this is the toughest matchup for Georgia. And like you mentioned and like we, we hammered last week, I'm ticked, absolutely ticked, if I'm Georgia because they had to play Ohio State. Now, some of my family are Georgia fans. Uh, but Deb's... Uh, Brother, um, her nephew, her niece, uh, her sister-in-law—they're all huge Georgia fans. And I mentioned this to them when they were over at Thanksgiving. I said, "You know, I'd be really mad uh, if I was you guys." And one of the 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 nephew, Kyle—I mentioned—I'm calling you out, Kyle. His response to me was sort of the same response that Alabama fans probably would have had six or seven years ago. Uh, and maybe even some of them would have now. But his response was, it doesn't matter when we play them. It'll just be that much sweeter because we'll get to beat both Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> they're the, they, you know, they, they're putting another one on the belt. They they felt like once Alabama was out of the playoffs, this is their title to lose. And Vegas thinks so. They're yeah. the favorite. <laughs> but this is a game – they, I mean, they can't overlook this game. And no, Ohio State no. has won the title in the four seed before, as we well know, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, and just as a side note, today, uh, currently, eighty-five percent of the wagers, eighty-seven percent of the money, is all on Georgia. Hmm. The the line hadn't really moved either. Still minus six and a half.
0: Tom, they don't make those shiny casinos and give away free drinks because they lose
1: that's <laughs> an interesting line for sure <laughs> i mean you know you would expect that thing to be moving like crazy with everybody hammering the georgia line and uh and it's not it's not doing, going that way
0: no so I'm, one of my books had it six you here. and a half
1: yeah i you know i i think i would prefer the the title to stay in the sec with georgia what? although that probably hurts his recruiting what but i Tell you, I tell you this, I don't think it will. I I just, I don't don't think it will.
0: Yeah, anybody but Georgia this year, really. Or, well, you know what? Nope, anybody but TCU. I don't want any poser to ever win, and Cincinnati got drummed last year. I hope TCU gets drummed. Closing out Georgia, Ohio State, I I don't want to do a a letter grade like, you know, they say, well, it's going to take an A-plus game because there's just too much discrepancy there between an A-plus and a B-plus. Let's just say, let's just do a a number grade. I think if both teams play 95, I think Georgia wins. I think if both teams play a 90, I think what I'm saying is, I think if both teams play equal, I think Georgia wins. I think Georgia's the better team overall. But it's not like Ohio State's got to play at a 98 and Georgia has to play at a 82. Like, I think if Ohio State plays at a 95 and Georgia plays at a 91, I think Ohio State wins. Does that make sense?
1: It does. Like, it I, does. Th- I think a... the discrepancy
0: is much closer than what, like, Michigan-TCU. Like, I would say for if TCU played at a 95, I would say Michigan still would have to play at, like, an 85 for, for TCU to win. So, uh, saying that, let's jump into that game. Are you got anything else on Georgia-Ohio State?
1: No, no, uh, I shot my wad there.
0: Yeah, you, you said it all. You said it all. <laughs> uh, how many? How many fish did you reel in on that last week? Uh, I, I, I
1: caught. Don't. I caught two. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I, right, got, I
1: got at least that many. I yeah, think.
0: Let's go to the Fiesta Bowl. So Michigan, TCU. Like I said at the outset. I have not watched enough of these teams to be able to speak intelligently on them. I know Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan, he's out. But as we saw against uh, Ohio State, didn't really matter. The, the backup running back played really well against uh, Ohio State. So I just had to go and I had to pull a Tom Sims and just look at, at some stats. And as soon as I saw the first stat of TCU, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to compare and contrast this to Bama. So I have written down total defense, total offense, scoring defense, scoring offense, and FPI. Okay, so total defense, Michigan is three, TCU is 73. Total offense, Michigan is 27, uh, TCU is 15. So the, you know, that's, where they're, that's where they're gonna try to make their hay is scoring points, you know, offensive side of the ball. Scoring defense, uh, Michigan is five, and TCU is 57. They're interestingly enough tied with Missouri at 57. Uh, Scoring offense, Michigan is seven, and TCU is six. So very close there. FPI, Michigan is four, and uh, TCU is 10. Now here's the very frustrating part, Alabama has a better ranking in every one of those categories that when i compared them to TCU total defense bama is 15 where tcu was 73 total offense very close 15 to 13 bama's the lower the the higher rank the lower the number of course the better of course so we're two notches higher scoring defense they're 57 we're 9 and scoring offense they're 6 we're 4 fpi they are 10 we are 2 so like we said the week it happened like we said last week when Nealon was on they put the four most deserving teams in they didn't put the four best teams in and I hope that Michigan just runs roughshod over them and I I think they will
1: yeah and I have sort of similar breakdowns and and basically uh you know the TCU defense ranked 73 I, I concur with that by the way I concur uh their 73-ranked defense has faced the following three rushing offenses. Number 13, Oklahoma. Number 16, Kansas State. And number 27, Texas. I know for a fact that Oklahoma and Kansas State are ranked fairly high in rushing offenses due to running quarterbacks. Um, You know, that's not a a downhill running teams. Those those are quarterbacks that can escape, get outside the pocket. And those are valuable, but they are not traditional running schools like Michigan is. Now, even with those rankings of the offenses they face that can run the ball, they're still only 73rd in total defense. So... You know, those guys are not highly ranked or not prolific with downhill running, but they're still putting up a bunch of yards versus TCU's defense. And Michigan's Michigan's offense, I mean, we saw it in, in full display against Ohio State. And believe it or not, Michigan played... Three other teams, Ohio, let's put it this way. Ohio State's rush defense was 23rd in the country this year. That's pretty good. Particularly in a in a conference that we just discussed, likes to run the ball and play defense. So they were 23rd. But Michigan's offense also faced the number 8, the number 13, and the number 14 rush defense in the country and they still were effective and won those games so i feel like michigan's running game is going to have an absolute field day against tcu i mean they're going to get up there and they're going to try to overpower them and i don't think they will have much difficulty in doing that the key for michigan is going to be not turning the ball over and not being silly with it. You know, don't get cute. you don't get cute in a game like this. You don't you don't go into this game going, We have every advantage in the run game, so they are expecting runs, so we're gonna come out and throw it the first eight plays on the script. That's the kind of stupid stuff that'll <laughs> keep another team in it. I'll like Bill O'Brien um, will do
0: that. Challenge yeah, exactly. accepted.
1: <laughs> That's right. So you you get up there and you play the game, you know how to play and you'll have plenty of fire firepower for a team like TCU. Uh TCU on the other hand, you know Max Duggan is he's going to have to create plays both with his legs, his arms, he's he's going to have to be the the do-it-all person for TCU. And he's going to have to figure out ways to score a bunch versus Michigan because their their defense is not going to shut Michigan down. They're just not. They've, they've given up points and yards to every team they played in the country this year. And Michigan is a notch above those teams, several notches. So they're not going to stop them. Duggan's going to have to find ways to score. And they might can, but Michigan is seasoned. I mean, if you would say – is Michigan's offense or defense their, their premier, um, you know, side of the ball. I don't, I don't even have to wait for your answer. Everybody knows it's their defense. And so that's, that's going to be the key to me is Michigan not doing anything cute and TCU's Duggan having the, the, the game of his life uh, to, to try to keep them in it. And, just like I broke down the the uh, betting stats in the Peach Bowl, these are much more reasonable in the Fiesta Bowl. Only 57% of the total bets are on Michigan, and only 65% of the money. But that line has inched up a little, seven and a half to eight, mm-hmm. uh, depending on where you're at there. So that that to me, if you if you're familiar with <clears throat> line movements and and popularity and that sort of thing. That, that looks like a Michigan cover, and that's what we would expect. Um, I was, frankly, a little surprised <clears throat> the line was as small as it was for this game. Um, but apparently there's a lot of people that weren't with, with TCU getting 43% of the wagers in on, on their side. So I, I'm not sure what the rest of the country is looking at, but I expect Michigan to roll in this one.
0: Yeah, I really feel like if Georgia squared off against TCU – well, guaranteed the line would have been over double digits it'd been at least 10 i'm going to say it'd have been 14 and a half 15 i think bama would have been 11 and a half over them you know with two losses
1: yeah and and i'm going to i'm going to step out on a limb people will think i'm crazy but i think if they would have matched up ohio state and michigan in the first round that ohio state would have been a small favorite
0: yeah i mean i agree uh, uh you know They've why been close. <laughs> why because we've gambled way too much in our lives
1: <laughs> yep <laughs> so uh, we' so
0: we're both in agreement we've both got Ohio State moving on and we've both got Michigan moving on and I, I agree with your assessment that it should be uh, should be a, a, a rather easy win for Michigan I think the only Avenue for a, a win for TCU would be Michigan turnovers and drop passes you know sometimes not even the turnover's like a drop pass I think Obama's drop passes this year. You know, one immediately comes to mind at Tennessee when Gibbs dropped the ball. And yep. and, and then we dropped the – Ja'Cory Brooks dropped the pass on the sideline. Granted, it was a tough catch. But like we have said, you're not playing at Troy. You're not playing at UNA. You're playing at the University of Alabama. You're playing SEC balls. Time to catch balls. Uh, you know, there there's two games that we might have won in regulation if with, with just two two catches, two receptions. So, I, I, I think, um, you know, I think that Michigan would have to – either turn the ball over and or drop passes that that should be caught, Uh, but they they should handle TCU, and and that would get us to uh, the game final, which would be one of the most watched ever because, you know, whether you love them or hate them, Michigan, Ohio State moves the needle.
1: It does. It does. You you'll have that contingent that refuses to watch a, a rematch because they've already seen it before. <laughs> yeah, it makes as much. Sense circa as a, LSU Alabama. That but, makes
0: as much sense as a soccer bat. Say, so speaking of soccer, congrats to Argentina winning the World yeah, Cup. Yeah,
1: Messi got him a title there, yeah. World Cup. I think that was his first one. Right? I
0: think so. Quickly, in our lifetime, considering that we let's just say we we click along for another thirty years, that put us both. there would put you at eighty, put me at seventy-eight does america ever win a world cup in the next 30 years no uh, you're probably right i think we've got a uh eli is really big into watching the soccer and he talked to some knowledgeable soccer fans at b-dubs or somewhere um like i think they were foreigners and uh they were they were talking about how america is i think we might have had the youngest team in the in the world cup so You know, we should have in four years the virtually the team should be intact again. So maybe we can get better. But yeah, Yeah, you
1: know, we're we're more competitive, and I agree that we improve as a country uh, as as far as the quality of our play. The problem is, is our best athletes play football and basketball, not soccer. Yeah. And across the world, their best athletes play soccer.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: that's just a fact. I mean, there's you know, if if our best athletes played soccer we would be very competitive uh nationally i mean nationally of course we'd be competitive nationally (laughs) but uh, across the globe you know we we would have the types of teams that could win and could be favorites in these types of terms i mean we have the population to do it we just don't have the number of players who enjoy the game or prefer the game over football basketball even baseball and i'm one of those i mean soccer definitely is is not my preferred sport but i enjoy watching it yeah and i wish we were more competitive but i don't wish we were more competitive by sacrificing players off alabama's football
0: team. no 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 <laughs> for sure uh are you going to go to the world cup in four years when it's uh, hosted in the states
1: yeah we'll see if they're no. were competitive or not yeah, we'll,
0: uh, <laughs> i'm i'm definitely going you can you can ride with me uh, Las Vegas is actually going to be a host site, I think. So it might change your tune. But uh, well, hey, we
1: could do that in a polar plunge out
0: there. Hey, that'll work. <laughs> All right, so uh, that wraps us up. And uh, what, what, by the next time we talk to you guys, uh, National Signing Day will have come and gone, and Santa Claus will have come and gone. So uh, you know, we're excited about that. And we'll break down the it sign- our signing class and uh, the Sugar Bowl coming up next uh, next week. So. Tom, as always, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide. Roll
1: Tide. Take it easy, guys.